Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live. Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. Did you hear, did you hear what Nick Wyatt said in that newscast there? Did you hear? Let me pull it up for you. Let me remind you. Here in the state of Utah, we currently have a seven-day rolling average for positive COVID-19 tests of 511. 511. Uh, so that, re- that, that number comes from uh, today's additional data, 339 new positive cases today. The challenge laid out by the governor is that we get under 500 as a seven-day rolling average by August 1st. Is that, uh, what's that? Is that Friday or Saturday? Well, it's coming up. Here, let me pull up the calendar here. Uh, it's Saturday. So we need to cross our fingers because likely the work has been done. If we, the, the, the positive cases that come uh, or that are reported on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, th- those, th- the work has been done to get that number down. So we just need to cross our fingers, hope that what we were up to last week uh, is translating into a low case count tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. What happens if we don't hit the mark? Well, we don't know. We don't know. You can guess. And it might be a safe bet to guess that if we aren't able to meet that mark, to dip below 500 for the seven-day rolling average that we may join the ranks of other states around this country and find ourselves in a circumstance where the governor has mandated the wearing of masks. Summit County uh, just sent me a note earlier today letting me know that uh, that they believe that the, the strict mask requirements that, that county has put in place are responsible for the dip uh, in positive case counts in Summit County, that the dip in positive case numbers and the rate there uh, is accelerated faster than uh, the statewide numbers. And they attribute that to the mandate of of mask wearing. Same holds true uh, here in Salt Lake City. We don't need to be mandated. And I think uh, our trajectory right now is showing that. So let's uh, let's keep it up. Uh, You know, once we meet that that mark, uh, if we are able to do so on August, we still have a long road to hoe here going forward. So uh, masks are good. Um, you know, I won't beat that drum too much here today. I feel like I uh, sound like a broken record and a bully and a, and a, a teacher wagging their finger too often. So I'm going to try to back off that a bit. But uh, just know that I'm pro-mask uh, and uh, not so pro-mandate. <laughs> All right? Uh, and maybe uh, if we wear our masks, we can avoid a mandate. All right. Uh, that total tangent, I just got excited by that number I heard there reported by Nick. So what I want to talk to you now is about a claim made by the New York Times. What they claim? Well, today, appearing before Congress, uh, in fact, a subcommittee of that same committee, which was yesterday grilling William Barr, uh, a subcommittee dealing with antitrust issues, is now uh, grilling four of the biggest tech CEOs uh, the planet has ever seen. The, the leaders of Google, of Amazon, Facebook, and Apple's Tim Cook are all right now gathered together electronically. You know, they're not there in the same hearing room, uh, but they are gathered together, quote unquote, uh, to answer to various antitrust questions, both by Democrats uh, and Republicans. The, the reason I point out that both Democrats and Republicans are questioning them is that 
both Democrats and Republicans have gripes with these four individuals and with these companies. And we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. Uh, back now to the claim made by the New York Times. The headline reads, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google prepare for their big tobacco moment. Prepare for their big tobacco moment. What does that mean? Well, it's a reference to a hearing which took place uh, about 25, 26 years ago. It was 1994, and the, the leaders of uh, seven, I believe, big tobacco companies got together uh, and answered questions of Congress. And it changed the nature of the industry. America's smoking habits changed dramatically and continue uh, to dip year after year after year. According to the CDC right now, uh, the, the percentage of American adults 18 years or older who are smoking right now is 13.7%. So about 14 out of every 100 U.S. adults uh, is currently smoking right now. And that represents a steep decline uh, year over year, and in particular, uh, a steep decline since especially 1994. So uh, we're going to get into the details of that hearing in the next segment. But for comparison, I want to take a good look at what is being said by these tech CEOs here today. Producer Amy did a good job, and she clipped up some of the uh, opening statements. So let's, without further ado, get right into it. And I'll share with you now uh, how Jeff Bezos opened up his statements. And as you listen to this, I want you to remember, again, that claim made by the New York Times that this, what is taking place right now as you and I are here talking with one another, that big tech is facing a similar big tobacco moment of 1994, wherein the entire industry is upended and changed forever. Ask yourself if that is possible, if the New York Times claim is correct. And we'll go through listening to each of these tech CEOs as well as the members of Congress questioning them. And then after that, we'll compare it to what happened in 1994. So here is Jeff Bezos discuss discussing uh, the importance of consumer trust in Amazon. Customer obsession has driven our success. And I take it as an article of faith that customers notice when you do the right thing. You earn trust slowly over time by doing hard things well, delivering on time, offering everyday low prices, making promises and keeping them, and making principled decisions even when they are unpopular. And our approach is working. 80% of Americans have a favorable impression of Amazon overall. Who do Americans trust more than Amazon to do the right thing? Only their doctors and the military. That's a fascinating statistic. Now, you have to question, of course, because it's coming from the man at the top of the uh, organization, but it seems like it'd be easily verifiable. We can get our hands on that study. But if it's true, though, think of that, that it is only our doctors and the U.S. military that we trust more than Amazon. Fascinating. Uh, he goes on to discuss how Amazon stacks up against the competition. The retail market we participate in is extraordinarily large and competitive. Amazon accounts for less than 1% of the $25 trillion global retail market and less than 4% of U.S. retail. There's room in retail for multiple winners. We compete against large established players like Target, Costco, Kroger, and of course, Walmart, a company more than twice Amazon's size. Have you heard anything yet that uh, rings familiar in comparison to those 1994 hearings of Big Tobacco? 
I don't yet. I don't yet. We'll keep going. Uh, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. Uh, you, of course, know of him. He discusses uh, competition and innovation as he testifies before this antitrust committee of the U.S. Congress. We also know that customers have a lot of choices and that our products face fierce competition. Companies like Samsung, LG, Huawei, and Google have built successful businesses with different approaches. We're okay with that. Our goal is the best, not the most. In fact, we don't have a dominant share in any market or in any product category where we do business. What does motivate us is that timeless drive to build new things that we're proud to show our users. We focus relentlessly on those innovations, on deepening core principles like privacy and security, and on creating new features. In just a moment, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hearing from some of these big, giant tech CEOs, what they had to say uh, to Congress. And then we'll compare that with some of the words shared by big tobacco uh, CEOs back in the mid-90s. I share this all with you because there is an assertion made by the New York Times, uh, which is that Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google are right now in the midst of their own big tobacco moment where fundamentally the nature of these companies could possibly change. Now, that's what happened in 94. If you look at uh, CDC numbers and any study of the smoking habits of Americans, uh, you will see that there has been steep decline since uh, in the mid-90s, and even reaching back further than that. Uh, but the, the decline since then, since that big hearing in 94, uh, has been marked. And, uh, and there's some fascinating uh, data with the CDC. I wish I had time to share it with you now. In fact, I wish that you and I could hang out more closely as I prepare uh, with producer Amy and the rest of the team here each day's program because we stumble into some fascinating data. If you looked at uh, like smoking rates uh, among, or if you compare smoking rates to income and education and geographics, it, fascinating stuff. No time to share it with you now, uh, but, uh, but it, it's neat. And I'll, I'll share it with you on my Facebook page. Right now, though, uh, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up hearing from these uh, tech CEOs and compare what they have to say with what was said by Big Tobacco in 1994. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Mark? Live Mike, I think we're still calling it. Is that right? Amy, is that Live Mike is the name of the show still? Live Mike with yours truly, Lee Lonsberry? Okay, all right, very good. All right, uh, there, I've got the name of the show straight. Let's move on. So... In the last segment, before the commercial break there, we were talking about a hearing which is taking place right now before a subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee of the House, which focuses on antitrust issues, specifically the subcommittee on antitrust, commercial, and administrative law. So you know by that exciting title that everything that happens before that subcommittee is exciting and headline-making. Well, maybe not. But when you have uh, four individuals seated there uh, who head companies which together have a combined value of $4.85 trillion. Let me say that again. There are four individuals right now appearing before a subcommittee of Congress 
and the companies they run have a total worth of 4.85 trillion U.S. dollars, you can be sure that we'll be paying attention. <laughs> uh, New York Times claims that what Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google are facing right now is their own big tobacco moment. In 1994, uh, seven heads of some massive tobacco companies all got together and for six hours appeared before another subcommittee of Congress uh, and tried to convince those members of Congress asking questions that uh, cigarettes were not addictive. And it is the case today that these four tech giants are in the business of trying to convince Congress that they do not have a monopoly on their various sectors. And so as you heard in the last segment, you heard uh, everyone talking about the stiff competition they face. Yeah, the, the more competition there is, uh, the better. Uh, when there is no competition, uh, then you're in trouble in the antitrust world. And so uh, you heard, uh, first off, Bezos talk about consumer trust. His claim initially that 80% that 80% of Americans trust uh, in Amazon and that the only, the only groups which enjoy uh, greater trust of the American people are doctors and members of the military. That's impressive, and I'll have to fact-check that one, but at face value, it's an impressive detail to share. He next goes on uh, to kick off a theme which runs throughout the testimony of all of the rest of these CEOs, and it is the, nature, or it's the, the notion of competition, all right? Uh, when you're in an antitrust hearing, <laughs> you want to emphasize the fact that there are many others out there with whom you compete. You might be the biggest and the baddest, uh, but there is competition. Bezos said it. Tim Cook said it. Uh, and Mark Zuckerberg here talks about Facebook having strong, strong competition. We face intense competition in both. Many of our competitors have hundreds of millions or billions of users. Some are upstarts but others are gatekeepers with the power to decide if we can even release our apps in their app stores to compete with them. In many areas, we're behind our competitors. The most popular messaging service in the US is iMessage. The fastest growing app is TikTok. The most popular app for video is YouTube. The fastest growing ads platform is Amazon. The largest ads platform is Google. And for every dollar spent on advertising in the US, less than 10 cents is spent with us. We're here to talk about online platforms, but I think the true nature of competition is much broader. When Google bought YouTube, they could compete against the dominant player in video, which is the cable industry. When Amazon bought Whole Foods, they could compete against Kroger's and Walmart. When Facebook bought WhatsApp, we could compete against telcos who used to charge 10 cents a text message, but not anymore. Now people can watch video, get groceries delivered, and send private messages for free. That's competition. New companies are created all the time, all over the world. And history shows that if we don't keep innovating, someone will replace every company here today. And that change can often happen faster than you expect. Fascinating. How about that beginning part there? I, I was with him towards the end. He had, it took me a moment to catch his vision because it seemed like he was starting out by saying, Poor little Facebook. Uh, we are the small guys here. We're the he pretty much compared himself to a small business. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, small businessman. Uh, anyway, you hear the theme there, and it is that competition is healthy, that competition is thriving, and that these two massive companies 
uh, regardless of their of their immensity, regardless of the fact again that they combined uh, these four companies are worth around four point eight five trillion U.S. dollars. Four point eight five trillion. If they were to liquidate and put all of those, uh, all that value, all that liquid value uh, towards, say, the CARES Act and all of the aid that the government has handed down uh, to to you and me and business owners around the country, uh, they'd have plenty of money left over. All right. When your value rivals that uh, of, a, of a government, and in particular uh, the U.S. government, when you look at it in terms of the largest piece of legislation ever drafted, uh, you know you're talking about some big dogs. Uh, those big dogs would like you to believe that they are, uh, in fact, not uh, engaged in anything that violates antitrust rules. Now, quickly, let's move on uh, to what happened about 25 years ago. Again, remembering that New York Times has made the claim that what is taking place right now in Washington, D.C., amongst these four tech giants, is akin to what happened in 1994 when uh, representatives from the tobacco industry tried to make the case to Congress that, uh, you know, cigarettes aren't that bad. So let's go back to 94. Oregon Representative Ron Wyden, he asked each of the heads of the groups to testify under oath if they believed nicotine was addictive. Let me ask you first, and I'd like to just go down the row, uh, whether each of you believes uh, that nicotine is not addictive. I heard virtually all of you touch on it, and just yes or no. Do you believe nicotine is not addictive? I believe nicotine is not addictive, yes. Mr. Johnson. Uh, Congressman, cigarettes and nicotine clearly do not meet the classic definitions of addiction. There is no intoxication. We'll, We'll take that as a no, and again, time is short. If you could just... I think each of you believe nicotine is not addictive. We just would like to have this for the record. I don't believe that nicotine or our products are addictive. I believe nicotine is not addictive. You hear that? Uh, they each said that they believed that uh, tobacco and nicotine are uh, not addictive. And that second uh, CEO there, not sure who that was, uh, but said that, uh, you know, it doesn't meet the classic definition of addictive. And so you wonder, as these four tech giants right now are testifying, if when asked about, uh, do you run a monopoly, a monopoly? Well, not in the classic sense. No, that's, a, that's an unfair comparison. That's a cheap shot. Uh, but, again, are there comparisons? In 94, we were told by the tobacco heads that tobacco and nicotine was not addictive. Today, we are being told by the tech giants that their companies do not run monopolies and they are not in violation of antitrust laws. Another example from those hearings in 1994, California Representative uh, Henry Waxman, uh, who chaired the sum committee that brought the tobacco heads to Capitol Hill, he, in fact, credited for taking on big tobacco when others in Washington wouldn't. He used his own personal experience with quitting smoking to call the tobacco heads to the carpet. When we... um hear about scientific disputes we have to listen to one expert versus another but let me tell you there's some things that we know about from our own personal experience i was a smoker and i know how addicted i was to smoking i know how hard it was to quit each and every time i did try to quit and i had to do it a number of times before i was successful so from my own personal experience and from people i've known and talked to your universal comment that cigarette smoking is not addictive just doesn't ring true. 
And you wonder if those are the same thoughts being uh, pondered right now by members of uh, Congress who are chairing this committee. Uh, just looking at the immensity of these companies, just looking at how large and massive they are and how widespread throughout the world they are and how much wealth they control, how much value uh, they represent as the heads of these four companies. It'll be interesting to see what happens next. You see, the, the, the hearing taking place today, uh, there won't be any uh, legislation to emerge directly from what is shared in this committee hearing today. Uh, but what will emerge from this, potentially lawsuits, potentially legislation drafted by other members of Congress, perhaps reforms, we don't know. But we're getting now uh, the first and most pointed look at how these companies respond to allegations which have been leveled against them, uh, not just here in the United States, but across the world. Uh, they've already paid fines for some of this stuff elsewhere uh, in terms of do they control too much of the market? Does their immensity and their massive size uh, make doing business for anyone else unfair? That's the ultimate question to be answered today. Also, whether or not these tech companies uh, are having right now their own big tobacco moment. Time will tell. I'm leaning towards no, not so much. But time will tell to see if these companies uh, enjoy the same fate as the tobacco companies when they were called to the carpet uh, 26 years ago. Quick break. When we return after the news, we'll be joined by the Davis Education Association director. That's the teachers union representing teachers in the Davis School District. It was just yesterday. A letter was released outlining the plans for the district for this upcoming school year. We'll see what the teachers say next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.